Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, what's going on? This is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the auspicious month of August. And we are traveling to the magical decade of the 70s all month long, starting off with Vincent's selection for tonight's Stop on the Mission. And this is an oft-requested selection for the mission actually is one that we couldn't even believe that we hadn't watched. I know it seems like we have but even that I think might be part of the conversation. That's very true. Why does it seem like we've reviewed this already? Well we certainly have talked about almost all of the stars in this film already. How about that? Uh, Ivan Dixon, Bill Duke, Franklin Ajay, Richard Pryor, Antonio Vargas and the Pointer Sisters. (laughs) Just to name, yes, a few in Car Wash from 1976, directed by Michael Schultz. Michael Schultz. Written by Joel Schumacher. Yes, that one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that one. It seems like some of his film credits, he should have that after his name. Mm-hmm. Like it's the Joel Schumacher films that you know, but then it's like Joel Schumacher who wrote the script to this in the whiz. Right. And you should put, yes, it's the same guy. It's the same guy. Yeah. It's the same guy. Yes. Yes. This is, this is not mirror universe, Joel Schumacher. (laughs) Right. Right. Though it may seem so. Right. But we'll get into that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight on the Michelle mission. Um, first of all, shout out to each and every one of you out there watching and enjoying us as we stream via StreamYard to Facebook. Where else? YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Hello, everyone out there. Good evening, one and all. And everyone. Thank you for joining us. Out there in the chat. What's up? Um, Vincent, we are going to kick this right off. We're going to get things in gear, and we're going to start things off with, with listener mail. Ah, missives from the missionaries. Yes. And we have an email from Belinda Silber. Hey, what's up, Belinda? Hi, guys. I stand corrected. Uh Uh-oh. Last week, actually, this was a few weeks ago, I wrote about the importance of the soundtrack for Blaxploitation films. Yes. I stated that my all-time favorite soundtrack, hands down, is Superfly. Yes. Best soundtrack was the subject of another podcast I listened to. And yes, my beloved Superfly was mentioned, but they also mentioned Waiting to Exhale. That's a good one. And Purple Rain. So I stand corrected. Purple Rain is the greatest soundtrack. Did I make a wise switch? Belinda. I mean, it. Sure. I I think Purple Rain is a better album than Superfly. And that's saying something because I think Superfly is a magnificent album. And as far as soundtrack and the music being used with the film, I'll I'll let you jump on that because that was your most pointed critique of the film Superfly. Yeah, the, the, the music is like the movie does not deserve that soundtrack. Right. And it's a great sound. It is, it is a fantastic soundtrack. Um, and while it's fair to judge some soundtracks on their own, mm-hmm. as just a soundtrack, especially 
in more modern times when soundtracks are really just a collection of songs, right? As opposed to one performer or a series of performers trying to create music that really fits the mood of of a film, right? Um, but I think to actually judge a soundtrack album, that is really the way to judge it. Yeah, how the 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 soundtrack even if it is just a collection of songs how it fits into the overall mood and storytelling of the film and in there i think uh superfly soundtrack is a failure okay you know even though hands down the album itself is great right, as an album it's, it's fantastic it's magnificent but as a soundtrack it it just doesn't work for me right purple rain i think maybe if not the greatest it's certainly the best of both worlds yeah because it's a phenomenal album yeah in oh, yeah. And of itself. oh yeah and as a soundtrack even though there are definitely it cheats a little bit because some of the songs are basically music videos right in the movie there are, are definitely also some songs that are used to you know illustrate or add some resonance to some of the scenery in the film. So I do think that it works there as well. Look, I think the take me with you montage when mm -hmm. they're on the motorcycle mm -hmm. is almost perfect. You know, I think the transition from Clarence Williams, the third playing the melody for yeah. computer blue and then the kid playing it mm -hmm. at the club is, is fantastic. I, I, when I, I was sitting here thinking, has a film utilized a soundtrack better than Purple Rain? And just off the top of my head, I couldn't think of any. You know, Shaft? Uh, here's the thing about Shaft. Like, we talk about the Shaft soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Once you get past the song Shaft. Yeah, that intro. the in or, or just the song. Like, okay. you know, the, the theme song Shaft. How many other songs can you name off of that soundtrack? That's a fair point. Yeah. Even though, to be fair, Isaac Hayes only does like about four songs an hour. Right. But I'm saying, I mean, the thing about um, Superfly, mm -hmm. like, you know, you have Superfly, you have you you, you have um, um, Pusher Man, mm -hmm. you have Freddy's Dead, like, mm -hmm. like, like the sound, like, you know, it's song after song after song on that soundtrack. The Sparkle soundtrack, the Claudine soundtrack. But the Shaft soundtrack, you know, mm. and I like the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I just can't think of anything else on it except Shaft. No, you're right. You're right. So, what about uh, not Purple? What about um, Boomerang? Like, because I I really do marry the two of those, the movie and the soundtrack. Besides, Love Should Have Brought You Home last night. I don't remember what. Well, I know Sex on a Platter is on the Boomerang soundtrack. Yeah, because that was the only place you. But could also find the it, PM but. Dawn track. Yeah, and like and like I even that's a good use. Like of and, that and too. I even love like when that comes in in the movie. Yeah, like the the note when it comes in, I think it's. I, so yeah. I actually think that's a good marriage. You want to hear something? You want to hear something? It's the only Tony Braxton song I like. Love should have brought. Love should have brought you. Her first song is the only Tony Braxton song I like. Oh, wow. so I, now you've got me down. I know. Now you've got me down to the Tony Braxton. Well, I'm trying to think of um, plus Haley Berry. 
pushing him in the forehead and said, you know, you love that moment. Oh, I oh, it's this may be the fifth she, time you've mentioned she that is on the show. fantastic when she flicks off and says, Love, love should have brought your ass home last night. That's true. I said, Ooh. that's true. But Linda mentions, and Camelia is mentioning it in the chat, uh, about um waiting to exhale. It's a great soundtrack. And that kind of works with the yeah. the movie. Um, yeah. she also mentioned Soul Food. So if it was a good soundtrack, I don't know whether or not it really sells the movie that much. I mean, besides Mama and in that milestone song, I can't think of any of the music from Soul Food. Yeah, and I, and, and 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 I can't see the marrying of right. the two right. like that. You know, yeah. Waiting to Exhale is is a, is really good. Waiting to Exhale is a good one. Um, hey, uh, well, it's a little bit of a cheat too. The Bodyguard. Yeah, but I think <sighs> I mean, but it does work. The bodyguard because that scene where she's at the club is a contender with Purple Rain as far as soundtrack yeah. working in concert with a, a with film. the film and like really driving that film. The bodyguard is a good one. Um, Jay Marie is mentioning Love Jones. That's definitely a soundtrack people love, and and and, and it works with the film. Like it really is so much of, so that they got the poetry. It's like the on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's like the canvas. Yeah, that they use for the film. Okay, we we should move. You know, this is a, we, 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 we should move, move forward. We got a lot to do tonight, <laughs> and you know, this is the type of thing. Miss um, Makiba, okay, mentioned that on the Boomerang soundtrack is also "There You Go" by Johnny Gill. Also used well in the movie. Yes. Yes. And I yeah. forgot that was on that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we, all right. All right. All right. We're not going to talk about music anymore. <laughs> Somebody, Sean Simmons said only one Tony Braxton song. I know. To which Jay Marie said, he tripping as usual. I mean, look, I'm tripping. You tripping. As usual. As usual. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm in a perpetual state of tripping. Oh, tripping. <laughs> It's a perpetual. It's a perpetual motion machine. Uh, we all, tripping. We also heard from uh, Anthony Sterling. Hey, what's up, Anthony? Greetings, you amazing men of me show. So I was binge list, binge listening to the podcast, and I think we can all agree, Len was has officially become the killer of childhood dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to be in the new Sandman series. <laughs> I think it just needs to be the new T-shirt. <laughs> Me is like Freddy. He's just a killer child. Killer childhood. And true habitual line crosser. <laughs> the venom you spew against the Goonies. <laughs> and Grant Morrison is potent and unforgivable. <laughs> Me and Vince was just going. I was about, about to say. Morrison. I wasn't even going to say anything. <laughs> Just before I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not going to point fingers, but somebody in here was just talking crazy about the Doom Patrol. <laughs> somebody just saw another dream. He's going to step on. Vince was not having it. <clears throat> but the reason for this email is to stand in agreement that Dolomite, mm. Rudy Ray Moore, should wholeheartedly be in the Sweet back badass universe Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's the Nick Fury of the team. <laughs> oh, Lord. Who? Who? My, my phone gave out on that one. Um, he's the Nick Fury of the team who brings together some of the baddest mother lovers you've done ever seen. And with his army of kung fu trained ladies, you basically have S.H.I.E.L.D. right there. There you go. Joe Blow, the lover man, never had a chance. Oh, and I highly suggest that Adolf Caesar, owner of the greatest movie trailer voice to ever be heard, that he be cast as The Watcher. Yeah. That's it. And that's all. Your friendly neighborhood super Negro, Anthony Sterling. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I'm always in agreement with anything that acknowledges Adolf Caesar. Most definitely. Yeah. Adolf Caesar comes up in my house every morning because Adam likes to have a banana with his breakfast. Mm -hmm. So we'll tell him, you know, go get something. And we, and we always joke with each other, but not let Adolf Caesar see him. Cause remember in, in soldier story, when he's talking about the GI yeah. in, in world war one, where they slit his throat behind the building, mm -hmm. the Frenchies, the, the, the Frenchies put a cape on him and, and pinned a tail to him and called him moonshine. King of the monkeys and them Frenchies fed them bananas. Oh, they had a good time. And he said, and do you know that Negro had the nerve to ask what he had done wrong when we slit his throat? <laughs> Actually, what he says is when we slit his throat, do you know that Negro had the nerve to ask what he had done wrong? Because I love the way he says it mm -hmm. because the throat slitting came first. Right. And that's not the like, that's not the part. Mm -hmm. That why he's telling the story. He can't believe that the dude said, what did I do wrong? And they weren't called the Frenchies. The Frenchies. The, the Frenchies. Frenchies. Fed them bananas. <laughs> called them king of the moonshine. King of the monkeys. I can't, I can't even get my throat tight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it hurts. Um, so now I'm scared to eat bananas. <laughs> have to eat them in secret <laughs> you don't want Adolf Caesar to find out um uh Sean Simmons also repping another song okay on Boomerang soundtrack to pull me pull us in what what song end of the road yeah 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 Boomerang Boomerang oh no Boomerang I think is a great soundtrack it's a contender, I just man. hadn't really thought about it in concert with the film yeah like that but yeah yeah all right all right, so that was our listener mail. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you. If you have an uh, email that you want to send us, please feel free to email us at the Michaud Mission at gmail.com. That's M I C H E A U X M I S S I O N at gmail.com. Boy, this was a rough week, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, as we lost uh really four four luminaries from yeah. just pop culture. Um, we're gonna talk about three of them today, uh, for a little bit. Um, the first one th that maybe is not germane to, you know. Our, our 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 world here in in movies but he is a larger than life figure not only in the world of sports mm -hmm. but in the world of 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 
Black America and civil rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one of the most dignified men that I've ever like had a, a, a privilege to just learn more about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I only wish that I could say I met him. Um, and I don't care what anybody says. You can, your Tom Brady's, your, um, your uh, Steph Curry's, you know, and, and, and I'll say it right now, even your Muhammad Ali's, mm-hmm. there was no bigger winner than Bill Russell mm-hmm. of historically of the Boston Celtics who passed away this week at the age of 88 years young. Um, the man won eight consecutive NBA championships, 11 in all, was the coach for two of them, player coach for mm-hmm. two of them. Um, and that's just crazy. On top of his two collegiate uh, NCAA championships, mm-hmm. he was um, the, the he, and he was single-handedly the most important man on every one of those championship teams. He was the engine that made it run. Did he score more points than anybody else? No. Did he grab more rebounds than, than anybody else? Well, pretty much, to be honest. They weren't keeping the records at that at that time. If they kept records for blocked shots, he was, he was blocking about 10 shots a game, altering another 20. Mm-hmm. He was leading the defense. He was the, 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 the fulcrum on the offense. Um, all this while leading the team that was embedded in one of the most racist country cities in America. Yes. And a man who, while he was leading his team and his cities to, again, eight consecutive championships, 11 in all, and over a span of like 13 years, this is a man who dealt with insane prejudice and 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 racial uh, epithets and 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 just all types of crazy stuff uh, at home. Yeah. This is a man who, after winning a game, goes home to find that people not only broke into his home and said, "Get out of here, nigger," they left excrement on his bed yeah and then he would and 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 this is at a time when you know you talked about back in the before segregation this is before segregation this is a man who who couldn't couldn't stay in the hotels where his team was you know what i mean yeah and yet this is a man who still rose above this this was a man who walked with martin luther king he was the man who walked with malcolm x he was the man who sat there with muhammad ali as he was going through his his trials this is a man who walked arm in arm with jim brown this is a man who who did not take any mess when he was a player and even after he was a player, he was he was a man who uh, NBA stars from as as far and wide as the 60s, including his chief rival, Wilt Chamberlain, um, my idol, Julius Irving. Some say the greatest basketball player of all time, uh, Michael Jordan. Some people say the other greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James and countless superstars. Along the along those roads, 
each and every one of them has a story about Bill Russell reaching out to them or them reaching out to Bill Russell and he him welcoming them at at his feet and just sharing knowledge uh, and being there for him. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal man. And I'm telling you, the world is lesser because he is no longer here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't add anything to that. I, I will say as someone who doesn't watch sports, he and Arthur Ashe mm. really set the bar of what I expected from athletes, which is why I've always been sorely disappointed by most professional athletes. Very true. Muhammad Ali, I'll put him in there too, with the three of them. So. Um, also, we lost this this week. Um, and again, maybe it doesn't fit our purview because this was not a black person. Mm-hmm. But it was a person that actually hit me. And this was the actor, voice actor, Pat Carroll, mm-hmm. who passed away this this week at the age of 95 years old, mm. um, acting in, in tons of TV, TV specials, um, historically was a... a a cast member of the old Daddy Th- Danny Thomas show. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is the one that made her a star. But probably even our generation and generations after us most more famously know her from her role as the voice of Ursula. Yes. In The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there may not be, have like, look, in the pantheon of screen villains, Ursula is top 10. Ursula's fantastic. She is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And especially when you hear the story that Pat Carroll, who was not a big name, mm-hmm. not a big name at all, they wanted B. Arthur to do, to do Ursula mm-hmm. or Bette Midler. Yeah. Bette yeah. Midler turned it down. B. Arthur couldn't carry the songs. Pat Carroll didn't think she, she could car- carry the songs, but she she knew she could do the role. Right. And they gave her a scratch sample of the song, and she said, oh, I don't know if I could sing, sang it, but I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then she wailed. She kills it. So much so that she is the voice in the in the movie. She's the voice in all the video games. Uh, they make sure that they use, still use her voice in like, you know, the Disney on ice. Anytime they can, they could get Pat Carroll to do the voice. She was the voice of Ursula and she was fantastic. Right, right. You know, another Titan. Yep. Another, another one of these, these Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Titans. <sighs> boy, it's just, it's a shame. It's, it's. It's been a hard week. It's a hard week. It's been a hard week. Uh, we also lost a Titans of 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s movies and television. Actress Mary Alice. <sighs> yeah. Mary Alice uh, passed away. Um, you might know her from Beat Street to Sleep With Anger. Sparkle. Yeah. A Different World. Uh, there's a... Uh, Certainly a generation that knows her from the Matrix Revolutions. Right. She wasn't in Reloaded? No, she wasn't in Reloaded. So she takes just, over the she role. She takes over in the, Revolutions. Right. Because the, Gloria Foster died. Yeah. Gloria Foster had died. Um, 
and I know you have spoken. Yeah. She's come up more than a few times here on the the mission, and you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it's always tough when people pass that have been a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Mary Alice is certainly an actress that has been part of the fabric of our conversations. I mean, just just right here in the description with with Beat Street and To Sleep With Anger, two films that quality-wise are really at, you know, diametrically opposites yeah, of yeah, the poles. Yeah. But in each film, I I just I, I I love I love the grace that Mary Alice brings to the roles that she plays. I I love the way that she elevates the 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 scenes that she's in and in both Beat Street which you know as we say it's it's Beat Street but there are scenes in Beat Street that she really just makes the roles complete like there there there's a scene where she's at breakfast with her two sons mm-hmm. there's the the scene where she picks up her younger son who's been picked up for break dancing and and again it's elevation to sleep with anger, the same thing. And now she's surrounded by by acting giants. Mm-hmm. But she still has her own voice that she lends to this 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 sort of this sort of blues song mm-hmm. of a film. And she brings this 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 almost fragility to it that that really kind of kind of enhances everything. She does, that and even in. In, even in the fragility of it, like you mentioned, I think the one thing she does offer to sleep with anger is she's still very much the grounding person. Yeah, grounding yeah, person absolutely, absolutely. Different world. I was a huge fan of Letty on Different World, and and the older I get, you know, the closer I get to Letty's age mm. than I do the students' age. I appreciate what she did and and how she brought this 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 guardianship of these younger actors these younger players it's it's funny um i was thinking about her role in revolutions because she took over for gloria foster and i was thinking about gloria foster because we're going to be talking about ivan dixon tonight Mm -hmm. and gloria foster was so good in the matrix in the matrix reloaded as the oracle and then she you know her untimely passing mm-hmm. and mary alice had to step in and the scene where she you know explains in the matrix partly you know why the, the oracle looks different and she talks about sometimes things don't happen how you want them to happen and, and sometimes you have to make adjustments and it's sad but you have to and i'm paraphrasing but it's this beautiful scene in this third film of a trilogy that has gotten more and more sort of garbled mm-hmm. and i'm a fan of the matrix trilogy but certainly by revolutions it was like okay it's but it's like this beautiful little moment and that's what i think about with mary alice like i it, like like whether it's the things that you've named, whether it's you know you know, you know the episode of Good Times where she was going to put her baby up for adoption. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mary Alice always 
created this space of grace. Mm-hmm. And and I yeah, I'm 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 it it doesn't seem right that Mary Alice isn't around and it doesn't seem right that moving forward as we talk about Mary Alice because once again she's she's part of the tapestry of this show that we'll be talking about her in past tense. Yeah. So, yeah. And um and then there's the big one. And then there is Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Passed away at the age of 89 years old. Nichelle Nichols, uh, uh, famously of Star Trek fame as Lieutenant Neota Yahura. Um, also uh, instrumental in steering women, you know, of all colors, shapes, mm-hmm. and sizes into the world of STEM and especially into uh, the space program at NASA. I was about to say specifically NASA, yeah. Um, as documented in a great uh, documentary, Women in Motion. And, you know, just one badass chick named Dorinda <laughs> in a movie called Truck Turner. Oh, Dorinda, Dorinda, Dorinda. mm 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 <laughs> Mm. Um, Michelle Nichols, who, and, and look, I'm going to put it out there as much as she was a trailblazer for, for, uh, black women on television, black mm-hmm. women in film, black women in the world of STEM for black people uh, yes. in the world of sci-fi. Yeah. Making us believe that we, you know, we have, have a place Yeah, in, in, uh, in the future, we have a place in this in this space. We have a place in this genre. She and she and she wore that badge of honor with grace and dignity, yes, as she did with everything throughout her life. Um, I will also say, you know, unabashedly, that from the time that she first appears on screen until her last appearance on screen that Nichelle Nichols was easily one of the most beautiful women yes. to ever stepped in front of the camera. Absolutely. And, and it, uh, you know, I've always, I've mentioned it before that, you know, as much as I enjoy doing this thing with you and as much as I enjoyed my time in podcasting back with the black tribbles and everything that I've done, the highlight, of my radio and podcasting career was and will continue to be the one hour of time that I sat down with Michelle Nichols mm. and we just had a conversation about her career, about Truck Turner, about her being <laughs> cast in Truck Turner. She had stories about Count Basie. She, <laughs> she had some stories about Count Basie that didn't make the interview. I'm sure, yeah. Um, she had some commentary about you know star trek that didn't make the interview i'm sure it didn't uh she had some very touching and thoughtful words about um at that time the recently departed leonard nimoy as she yeah. shared with me and it was the highlight of of my career and i i would cherish that moment forever um uh, i think she was a just a beautiful beautiful soul um and i'll miss her yeah yeah, I, I think at this point, everyone knows the story of Nichelle Nichols 
wanting to leave Star Trek mm-hmm. in after the first season and then having a conversation with Dr. Martin Luther King about her importance in staying on. Mm-hmm. And and I will just say this and in, in, in what I'm alluding to is all sort of public record. She had good reasons to want to leave, to want to leave. Mm-hmm. And for her to stay. And then when you go back and you actually watch the episodes, because, you know, you know, us like like there are the legends and, and there's the acclaim and there's the ac- accolades. But but you and me, like we like to go to the text. Mm-hmm. It is so impressive, the work that she was able to do mm-hmm. as Yuhura on those three seasons. Yeah. You know, we, we call it an ensemble, but but not to get too much in the woods. It really wasn't an ensemble. Like no. it really was the William Shatner Leonard Nimoy show with the yeah. little DeForest Kelly. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody else can sort of sort of got in where they could fit in. Mm-hmm. But you look at the space that Nichelle Nichols, through her beauty, yes, but also through her intelligence, through her acting, mm-hmm. through her, you, you know, this this dancer's grace that she brought to her physical performance and it's so impressive that she was able to make such an impression outside of just the 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 absolutely important um symbolism Mm -hmm. and of the representation so much so that that the the part that i actually love the most about your is how Nichelle Nichols embodied all of these characteristics outside of the show. Yeah. So that, A, as you've mentioned, very instrumental in bringing women, in bringing minorities into the STEM fields, not just as a symbol, but actually had a a role a formal role with NASA rolled up her sleeve. She was doing the work for outreach and, yes. and for yes. years did that. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a figurehead at all. The way that we have embraced her and built out her character have, as years have gone by, if you may don't know, Neota, you Neota was never used in the original series. Nope. We all built that in mm-hmm. the fact that even in, in, in the Kelvin universe, someone picked up the relationship or the chemistry between Nichols and Leonard Nimoy. And then they had the, the sort of um, relationship. Yeah. And that they rebooted that the, in, in the rebooted series. I just saw yesterday. As far as just to, to make sure people understand in the rebooted movie franchise, right. Spock and Yohora had like a had a relationship, relationship. when Yohora is now played by Zoe Saldana. Right. I just saw yesterday, apparently there's an Easter egg in the finale of Picard from this season where there's a plaque that shows that she eventually was a captain. Oh, really? That Yuhura was a captain. And I love how organically that character has grown in stature. We talk about this in the Truck Turner episode. We talk about the the image and and the importance of of Yuhura. And 
I'll just say this on a personal note for me and you when we talk about your hero. Talk about, you know, Star Trek goes off 69, movie comes out 79. You have this 10 year period. You know, you got a year with the cartoon. There's some books here and there. There, there are those weird gold key comics. <laughs> but for 10 years, it really was the fans. Keeping it alive. Who kept Star Trek alive. And there was a whole wing of fandom around Yuhura. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that wing were black people in black girls and black women. And I always like to talk about how important Michelle Nichols was as we are in this moment where we talk about blurs and we talk about, you know, opening up pop culture and nerddom and I think ground zero for blurs was that Yuhura fandom. Certainly there were black nerds before Star Trek, absolutely. But a space where you could talk to each other, a space where you, you, you know, again, there was this sort of formal acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and once again, this is someone who, 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 who will be missed so much. Oh yeah. And, you know, not for nothing. I like that. I've seen a fair amount of people talking about truck Turner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she was proud of truck Turner rightfully so. And she was proud of the fact that she had this role and she, we, we talk about it in the, in, in, a review. in the review, actually, she had this role that spoke to black women mm-hmm. and she talked about being on the street. And, you know, if 10 people come up to her, nine people would say you're her, but then a sister would say Dorinda. And how special that was to her. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I, I love so much about her. And 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 yeah, it's it's it, the world's not not quite as bright as it used to be with her gone. It I really know. isn't. So. I know. Um, we actually, if you're listening to our show on uh, listening to the podcast, check our feed, ladies and gentlemen, because we posted this weekend a remembering Nichelle Nichols uh, special where we actually took our review from uh, Truck Turner and put that together with my interview from yeah. 2015 with Nichelle Nichols and put th- put that out as a special for you to listen to. Um, so you can really hear us uh, talk about and share our feelings about Nichelle Nichols um, uh, there as well. So check that out. Yeah. Um, Aaron Fry, because the people in the chat, they're, they're definitely, um, they're, they're chatty. Uh, they are mentioning in regards to, uh, Catrice Greer in regards to Pat Carroll, uh, the voice of Ursula. Yes, that voice, Ursula, she was an unforgettable character and voice. Very true. Uh, Farrell Blackwell was not aware that Mary Alice had passed. So this was actually yeah. hitting him um, fresh. Jay Marie mentions in regards to Mary Alice that I love Mary Alice speaking voice. It was very soothing. Um, and it, I will say that it was soothing as well. Jay Marie also mentions um, that this past week oh we lost goodness, Paul Servino right. of. Um, Famously, you know, of many things. Right, right. But, um, but some people probably know him from Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and he actually, I think, was only one season on Law and Order. Right, right. As well. And uh, Tony Sirico, Polly Walnuts from yeah. The Sopranos. Yeah. Actually passed earlier yeah. in the month. And give this money. But now I have to turn my back on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good scene. Uh, Aaron Fry says, is asking, will somebody please look in on James Earl Jones? Look, man, don't even speak it into the universe. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. Don't, yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, uh, yeah, it's been a rough, rough week. And, you know, um, I'm not- I, I actually, the one thing that I will say uh, again in regards to, um, all of them, and and especially the, these three women, three women, because I think that Bill Russell in the world of sports has gotten his flowers and is certainly going to get his flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fair to say, I think that you know Mary Alice and Pat Carroll were not considered like A-list celebrities. Right. You know? Um, And Nichelle Nichols, you know, our love of her notwithstanding, it it would be very easy for some people to be kind of like, maybe be, try to be dismissive of Mm -hmm. her because like, oh, she was in that Star Trek thing. Right. But I think it is actually heartwarming that, you know, all of these women are getting so many flowers yeah. right now. So much is being spoken about and, and people sharing deep heartfelt feelings about all of them passing. Um, that actually does, you know, my heart uh, pretty well, good. Well, you know, I think people are finding out what both of us knew and you knew firsthand. I love all of the interviews floating around with Michelle Nichols. Yeah. Cause she, was delightful. She was great. She was apps like like I almost wish someone had had gotten like you know how Fat Joe tells stories. Mm-hmm. Like I wish someone had done a podcast with Michelle Nichols, just telling stories and talking. Well, well, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do wish that that had happened. I do wish that had happened. Yeah, she was, and what I like about her. Especially always if we just continue on about Michelle Nichols. It's a Michelle Nichols show. What the hell? Um, what I like about her, like she was what made her so refreshing is that she was at the point, she was gracious, she was classy, but she also had no more F's in the quiver. Look, man. <laughs> she, Look. She, she ain't had none. Look. She didn't she didn't care. She she was like, yo. I'm I'm going to tell it like it is. Yeah. God bless her. God bless her. All right. God bless her. That's the key. Why you'd be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of touch and a sense of sound. Six Degrees of Durville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will try to get from 70s action romantic lead Durville Martin. Yes. To uh, an actor of my choice yeah, now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. previously on the Michelle Mission. <laughs> we, 
who you got for me, Len? Who you, who you, who you got for me today, Len? <laughs> Vincent was. He was. Oh man, he he was he was he was uh, fit to be tied. Who, who you got for me, Len? You and me. You and I was picking random white actors from pre-segregation era uh-huh. Hollywood uh-huh. who who were big on television. <laughs> You gonna ask me about the professor from Gilligan's Island? No, I am not going to pull the first Russell Wilson. I believe his name was Russell Wilson, actually. Who the professor? Yeah, I think it was Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't know. It was Russell something. I just because he wasn't even in the credits in in the well, I guess he was in the credits. They just changed the song in the second season because he was part of and all the rest. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. But then, you know, the, the Professor and Marianne. I was like, Professor yeah, and Marianne's agents were terrible. <laughs> How'd they get relegated to and all the rest? Well, all their agents weren't, weren't that great. But anyway. Yeah, how about that? Um, okay. Let's stay on task. <laughs> all right. So Vincent was upset at my selections. So. Oh, boy. I have chosen. Uh-huh. What we got? Go ahead. Come on. Let's go. All right. Do you want this or do you want that? Obviously, I'm going to start with this. All right. We're going to start with this because this is where it's at. Vince, go from Durville Martin, six movies or less. Six movies or less to Dennis Haysbert. Oh, Dennis Haysbert. Yes. Interesting. Mm hmm. A man known for television, but he has a filmography. He 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 he's in he's in one or two films. Mm-hmm. He is in one or two well, films. He's in more than one or two. One or two. He's in more than one or two. <laughs> I'll always know him affectionately as fictional black president. Remember, he played the president on Twenty Four. Yes, and I used to call him Black President. And then Barack Obama got elected, and he got relegated to. Fictional black president. You know, I never watched Twenty Four. First two seasons are, are are really good. I have my best friend loves yeah, Twenty Four. Yeah, it was a yeah. television for him. All right, but to get to Dennis Haysbert, mm-hmm. how do I want to do Dennis Haysbert? Okay, we've been talking, so we'll get to him fast. Derville Martin is in. Five on a black hand side with Dick Anthony Williams, mm-hmm. who was in Mo Better Blues with Wesley Snipes. Ah. Who's in Major League with Dennis Haysbert. I didn't know if you want to pull Major League because it's a sports movie. Right. You thought you see, you thought I was gonna go to Wait to Exhale or uh, Love and Basketball. I didn't know where you were gonna go, but I didn't think you were gonna pull Major League. You didn't think I was gonna pull Major League. Yeah, I didn't think you were gonna pull where he played a Dominican baseball player. He did. A little racist, maybe? A tad. It's a little racist. A tad. It's a sprinkle of racism. Yes. Well, more than a sprinkle, because he returned for the two <laughs> sequels. But um, Was he in Major League 2? He was in Major League 2 and 3. I don't know if I knew there was a Major League 3 before this exact second. Yes. Did uh, they go to space? Well, it's it's actually not Major League 3. It's called Major League Back to the Minors. I do remember that. Were all of the, Was Charlie Sheen in that? That I'm not sure of. I think he may have left. I know. I don't think Wesley Snipes was in that one. 
Um, we made haze. Major League Back to the Miners. No, uh, that one stars Corbin Burson returned, and Scott Bakula is the big <laughs> name. That's before Scott Bakula got on one of them CBS shows. Well, Scott Bakula was always like as much as you want to like knight Scott Bakula, he was, and I like yeah. Scott Bakula. He always was a journeyman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always a journeyman. I mean, he was built to be the lead on one of them CBS shows. Like he needed to wait until he was like sixty. I mean, but he was already a star from um yeah from um yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not sliders. He I just sliders. I won't call it Tom Tunnel. Okay, it's not time. It was, um, but it's actually Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, yeah, Quantum Leap. So he was already like a syndicated star. He was, he was. You Quantum know? Leap was a good show. You know what show he was in that I actually enjoyed that didn't make it? What Men of a Certain Age? I you love ever, Men of a Certain did Age. You see that? With yeah, him and I mean, Andre it was over like three years. Oh, did it last three years? I don't think anyone. I think me, you, Wendy. And my brother-in-law were the only four people on earth who watch Men of a Certain Age. You know what it was? It, when it started, I was word, working a certain job, working a certain schedule where I could catch it. And then my job changed and I couldn't catch you it. You couldn't catch and it And this was before, you know, right, like, right. like streaming and stuff right. like it, that. It was, but that was a really good time. I really like Men of a Certain Age. I like that. All right. All right. So you did Dennis Haysbert really There quick. you go. All right, so now it's time for that. And hopefully I did it in a way that was unexpected. So what's that? That. Oh, boy. Who, who got you? <laughs> I feel like. Get from Dervo Martin and six movies or less. Lower my guard. And now who's it going to be? Rothschild Hitherson. Rihanna. Rihanna? Rihanna. Yes, famously known for her music career, but she does have an acting career. She does have a filmography. Has she? Has she? Okay, so I know she was in what, what's it called, like Home. Hmm. Hmm. Which I saw eighteen hundred times. I should like Home because Home is surprisingly dark once you get past the cute aliens. Yeah, it's it's sweet, but once you when you see it eighteen hundred times, it it was Rihanna in something besides Home. Yes, as an actress. Yes. Okay, well I'm not a hit movie. Oh wait, is that Rihanna in that in that Transformers movie that wasn't a Transformers movie? That's not even the one I was thinking about. Um, I'm not seeing a Transformers movie on our filmography. No, it's not. It's like Battleship. She is in Battleship. Okay, so who else was in Battleship? Because I'm trying to think who played her mother in Home. Uh, is she also in... Wait, she's in an Ocean's Eleven thing. Is she? Ocean's Eight. Hmm. Yes, she's in Ocean. Okay, well, that's the target rich environment. I'm trying to think who all is in Ocean's Eight. The lead is um, is that Sandra Bullock? I think so. Is Sandra Bullock in Ocean's Eight? <laughs> Sandra Bullock is in Ocean's Eight. I'm going to tell you. Yes, she's in. All right, let's have fun. <laughs> Derville Martin. 
is in Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore. Mm -hmm. Rudy Ray Moore is in Penitentiary 2 with Mr. T. Okay. Mr. T is in Rocky 3 with Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Sylvester Stallone is in um, Demolition Man Mm -hmm. with Sandra Bullock, who's in Ocean's 8 with Rihanna. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Anytime I get to talk about Mr. T in Penitentiary 2, where he has on a genie outfit, that's a good time. You're right. My good? No. Who'd I mess up? Give me the connections again. Rudy Ray Moore in Penitentiary 2 with Mr. T. Mr. T's in Rocky 3 with Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone is in Demolition Man with Sandra Bullock, who's in Ocean's 8 with Rihanna. I'm not seeing Rudy Ray Moore in Penitentiary 2. Rudy Ray Moore is absolutely in Penitentiary 2 because remember when he goes train, it's a cameo. And he runs past and Rudy Ray Moore comes out the door. And it says, something, something, something. Rudy Ray Moore stuff. Rudy Ray Moore is absolutely in Penitentiary 2. Okay. I'm not, I seem to remember that scene. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to ask the chat. Here's the thing. He's not listed in the cast list. So, does that count if he's not listed in the cast? It's uncredited. Okay. Like, I would say that that would... No, 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 no. We good. Dervo Martin is in Hitman with Bernie Casey. Okay. Bernie Casey is in Cornbread Earl and Me with Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is in all the Matrixes with... um. How I just forget his name? Whoa. Who? The dude. The dude who stars in The Matrix. I just forget his name. Oh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, who's in Speed with Sandra Bullock. Who? Is in Ocean's 8 with Rihanna. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. There you go. You got there. You got there. All right. How do you list Rudy Ray Moore in Penitentiary 2? He the greatest part of the pen- Well, okay, he's not the greatest part. Ernie Hudson in the rainbow afro wig is yeah, probably. That's and and Mr. T in the genie outfit yeah. is also pretty good. Yeah. But he's very much in Penitentiary 2. Yeah, well, he's uncredited. He's un- <laughs> he did not want his name on Penitentiary Because they're insecure rat soup eating, no business having. Mother, you know what's either that or the check didn't clear <laughs> from him. Oh, from him or from from them? From them, them. That's right. They, 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 that's a shame. I know. All right. All right. Good job, right. though, Vince. There you go. Good job. All right. And look at you using the blacks. I. W- <laughs> you use two blacks. Let's get into our <laughs> review. Of 
It was Carbine. black, black. <laughs> Let's get into our review of Car Wash. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Still do it by hand at Mr. B's. Morning, Mr. B. Morning, Snapper. Only determination. Got the big three. Dedication. And a tough crew of men can get the job done. Stand and deliver, honey. They've got a sharp boss who always has control of the situation. They've got teamwork. I'm Floyd. Ho! And I'm Lloyd. And we're the futuristic. And most of all, they've got the will to work. I don't want you to leave here without. Realizing what I can do for your car. Like what? Take over the payments for me? <laughs> this is the wet and wild world of the car wash, a business a man can be proud of. I want to work with the men, Dad. Where the only rule is, do it with style. It's hard work, because sooner or later, everyone comes through here. Yeah, did you happen to see a big, tall, black, blonde chick? Big, big, black, blonde Red chick? boots. Listen, I'd like to talk to someone and get some information about a social disease. Hey, brothers, I'm here to unite with you. Hey, baby, how you doing? Oh, hello, how you Good, I'm glad to hear that. Between the washing and the cleaning, there's always room for dreaming. Now, the next car through might be the answer to your prayers. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Well, praise this car, honey. Thank you, miss. <laughs> but one thing is certain. When it comes to serving the public, these men will stop at nothing. George Carlin. Professor Irwin Corey. Ivan Dixon. Lorraine Gary, Jack Kehoe, the Pointer Sisters, Richard Pryor, they all come together at the fabulous, free-wheeling Soap Sudson Emporium, where everything goes. Boy, there's been some weird people in here today. Car Wash. Car Wash, a 1976 American comedy film directed by Michael Schultz from a screenplay by Joel Schumacher. The film stars Franklin Ajay, Bill Duke, Ivan Dixon, Sully Boyer, and Richard Pryor. As well as uh, Blink, and you might miss it, Professor Professor Erwin Corey, mm -hmm. and writer of his own dialogue, George Carlin. <laughs> yeah. The film is a comedic take on the daily life of Car Wash employees chronicling their hopes, their fears, their joys, their dreams, and their tribulations, and meeting some eccentric customers along the way. In this film from 1976, that was Vincent's selection for this stop on the Michaud mission. Vincent, what say you of Car Wash? I think Car Wash is a film that even if you've never seen Car Wash, you've absolutely seen Car Wash. Mm. Because Car Wash is really more of, as the kids say, a vibe than a film. Mm -hmm. 
it really is about capturing the spirit and the energy of this moment. As you said, it, it, the, the plot, and I use that term very loosely, mm. is a day at a car wash. And you have all of these various and sundry players mm-hmm. at the car wash. And, and I think the, the, the most important thing about the actors that portray these employees is that the vast majority of them are actors that you've seen all over the place. Uh, you, you know, maybe the biggest who's not one of the big ones, Franklin Ajay. Franklin Ajay is, 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 was, was already a pretty well-established comedian at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, very personable, very, very much somebody who you see pop up yeah. throughout the 70s. Yeah. Antonio Vargas, mm-hmm. iconic in 70s films. And he plays against type a bit. Yeah. You, you know, he plays he plays a gay man who wears makeup. And and if there is someone, if there are 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 characters that you can peel off and talk about. I think Antonio Fargus's Lindy mm-hmm. is very much one who's who's pretty interesting. Uh, Clarence Muse is someone that you've seen pop up. Daryl Igis is someone that you've seen pop up. One of our favorites, Leonard Jackson, mm-hmm. here as Earl, mm-hmm. who is uh, basically the foreman of the car wash and how do you know because he's the n-word that doesn't get wet that's right as he says garrett morse is around and then you have the 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 two big big stars you have george carlin and as you said george carlin um wrote his own dialogue which you can absolutely tell because george carlin has a brilliant George Carlin kind of stream of consciousness throughout the film Mm. where he's just kind of riffing. And you can tell that this is George Carlin riffing. As big as he is on the poster, as much as he is in the advertising and the publicity, you would think Richard Pryor was one of the stars of this film. Richard Pryor has one scene as the, the, the preacher daddy rich mm-hmm. with the point of sisters as his kind of backup that's right and his muses and it's one scene but it's a fantastic scene i mean it's 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 absolutely the scene that justifiably everyone points to mm-hmm. and as it's it's the scene that everyone points to but it is one scene and more than a movie this is a film that is almost a series of vignettes yep and their adventures, and you know, the, this there's a moment where it's a little kid throwing up. It's a moment where a family comes in and they have a dog in the car. There's a moment that you talked about, Blink. If you miss him talking about um people that are are, are kind of iconic stand-up comics, uh, Professor Erwin Ir- Curry has a, a um urine sample. <laughs> and if you don't like any of these scenes, it's okay. 
it's going to be over in 90 seconds. That's right. And then they're going to do it again. So that it's just a vibe. It's 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 very energetic. It's very musical. It's it's very um kinetic. And when when you 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 hear Michael Schultz talk about this film, and he talks about he wanted to capture this energy, but he also says he wanted to add some some heft to it a little bit. And that's where you bring in the two players who frankly don't really fit with the rest of the film. And that would be um, Bill Duke Mm -hmm. in an early, is this his first film? This is like his big debut. Yeah. 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 Bill Duke as Abdullah, Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the radical who's just out of prison and, and he's changed his name and he is tormented by society and by everything that seems to be against him. And then playing against him is it seems weird to call him the great Ivan Dixon, but you know, we love Ivan Dixon. We love Ivan best known for, for being in Hogan's heroes here on the Michelle mission, the, the star of our beloved, Mm -hmm. nothing but a man. Yeah. Yeah. Ivan Dixon plays a Lonnie who's the elder statesman and looks like he ate Ivan Dixon. Like Ivan Dixon looks like he put on maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle mm-hmm. to play this, this kind of gruff ex-con. Right. That's the key point. Ex-con. Yeah. And, and, and he looks it. Yeah. Like he looks like, like he looks like that guy. I was in prison 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it flows and it moves and it pops and it's kinetic. And, and, and it's, it's hard to pin something down to say, okay, well, let's talk about this critically. Like I said, I, I think I understand Michael Schultz's instinct to try and get some messaging in here to, to, to have some medicine that the sugar can help go down because there's so much sugar, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how much it was needed. There is uh, one of the, 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 the through lines, if you will, is there's um, Marlene played by uh, Loren Jones. Yeah. Who was Michael Schultz's real life wife. Mm -hmm. And she plays maybe a prostitute. I think it's, it's it's heavily implied, but you never actually see her engage in sex work. Mm, yes, you do. Well, I don't think Hippo pays her. Oh. You you I, look. I was looking. There is never an She's, exchange. Okay, there's, of, no, there's no exchange of money, but he clearly asks her how much, and she flashes how much, and he says, "Come on." Okay. All right. That, that's fair. Then that's fair. Maybe I missed that, but. She's just sort of forlorn and and she's looking for this man. Yeah. And yeah. and it all kind of culminates in a film that is so kind of bubbly and popcorn and bright. This really kind of melancholy ending where 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 Ivan Dixon's character has to talk Bill Duke's character out of robbing the car wash and you get this scene between them that is like it's like they're in acting school mm-hmm. and this is a scene they have to act out right doesn't and, it and it's like nighttime and then marlene's character has been stuck at the car wash 
all day and you think at some point maybe she'll get to leave the car wash. But then the camera pulls out in the darkness where Ivan Dixon is hugging a sobbing Bill Dukes Abdullah. And you see Marlene still at the car wash. And then that's the end of the film. I know. But wait, now we have credits. <laughs> and we're back to car wash and we introduce everybody. So that I like car wash. But it's like saying I like bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Like I like water ice. You know, it's it's very light. It's very frothy. Again, I think it it captures the energy of the 70s and and i think again it's a film that even if you haven't seen it you've absolutely seen car wash see you made a a really good analogy right there um you stepped on it a little bit when you went to water ice but i think bubble gum or chewing gum mm-hmm. is apt because chewing gum when you first pop it into your mouth or even bubble gum it's that immediate burst of the flavor mm-hmm. that you were expecting, that you are enjoying, and that you're having fun with. You know, you're enjoying the flavor of it. You're enjoying the chewing because the chewing can become an art of its of itself because you're popping, you know, you're blowing bubbles, you know, you know, and you're just having a good time with the gum. And then as the gum you keep mm-hmm. chewing. Now, soon enough, the gum becomes just a suppressor for hungry because now you're, you're thinking you want really some food. Mm-hmm. But the gum still has enough flavor that you remember what it was like in the beginning. So you're still chewing it and you're like, oh, yeah. So now, so now it's in your groove. So now the, the chewing the gum is part of the rhythm of whatever you're doing. Whether or not if you're working, if you're just chilling, gum is just like in time with you now. It's almost like your heartbeat. And then you get to the point where you're feeling like you're done with the gum. Mm-hmm. You taste, you know, remembrances of the flavor that once was. Mm-hmm. So you're like, does it maybe still have a couple of more chews in it? I don't know. And it's like, I hate to say it. Now I just need some place to put the gum because I'm done with it. Okay. And that's when this movie reaches the end because it's like, oh, we've got Marlene (laughs) on the bench. (laughs) And we've kind of set the audience up that there's a, a bit of this conflict with Abdullah and Lonnie and, you know, their points of view, world points of view. There's got to be some butting of the heads there. Yeah, we've kind of kind of tie that up, too. And we don't want to go to the next day because this is supposed to be a day. Right. And we're filming this in the day. And we've lost the light. Yes. So, yes it is. It is dark. So how about this? <laughs> You guys hug. Marlene, you stay there. Oh. And then we'll pull back. And the emotion of this tapestry will sweep over the film, (laughs) thus creating a conclusion. Yes. And then we'll fade to the credits. Right. 
And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was time to dispense with the chewing gum that we called car wash. Yeah. Yeah. Because car wash, like you say, you like car wash. It's fun. It does have an energy to it. I contend that, that the energy could have been stepped up a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a failing of the script, the direction, or the acting, or all three involved. I tend to think it is a marriage of all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the, the kind of, you know, wanting it to be a little bit more kinetic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're waiting for that pop is the reason why, one, I think Antonio Vargas playing against type, but definitely the best actor in this movie pops in the film mm-hmm. like he, he does, especially in a role that could have very easily been stereotypical. Yeah. Oh, a, yeah. And while there is a bit of the stereotype to him, the one thing I was immediately locked in on is that despite a few jokes that come his way and most of them only from one or two people everybody in the car wash and everybody that come comes across him is 100 uh 100 accepting of who he is yes he is part of he the group part of the group he very much is and he and he holds his own there's no there's no demeaning of him at at all and even when there is an attempt to demean to, to demean him he holds his own and puts people in their place and they stay in their place it, it you know maybe. and and it's not even with any rancor yeah it's just like you know just a quick check and people are like yeah you're right because you know it might be the best line in the film yeah. When he says to Abdullah, I'm more man than you'll ever be, and I'm more woman than you'll ever get. That's right. Yeah. And 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 I absolutely love that performance. You mm-hmm. know? And 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 I think well, let's put it this way. I want to believe a lot of that is Antonio Vargas. Mm-hmm. Because Antonio Vargas, who who we know, you know, in the in in this time is an actor of note, an actor who finds a way to take whatever role he's given and do something to make him stand out. Yeah. And and make it more. And I I want to believe that this was him taking what easily could have been just this fluff role, stereotypical, um, and in the hijinks of the film, he could have gotten, gotten it over that way, but makes it that much more. Yeah. So, and and that's why he pops. And that's another reason why the most famous scene from this movie is the Richard Pryor scene that pops because one, it's Richard Pryor. And two, as Richard Pryor has admitted, he's coked out of his brains yeah. when he does the role. He's really good in that scene. Well, because he's really flying high. Yeah. Yeah. And when he is in that scene, it 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 you can see why all all of a sudden. All eyes are on him and it's popping because the energy is there. Yeah. It, it's there. It, and and it doesn't uh, hurt that he also has his, um, he's got his Greek chorus in the Pointer Sisters, you know, <laughs> right there with him as right. well, you know, right. in all their resplendentness as, as well. So, you know, but you still don't mind because like you said, 
it's not really about the comedy because the movie is fun. Right. But it's not crazy funny. But it's not really that funny. Right. That's that's 100 percent true. But it and and it, it it's really about the vibe. Mm-hmm. It's about the rhythm that they create, you know. Um, and because of that, this is you said bubblegum, but even more so than bubblegum. This is exactly what this portrays. the The film is is set on a Friday at this car wash because it's payday. Yes, but what the film is. It's Saturday afternoon at the movies. Yeah. This yeah. is Saturday afternoon at the movies, and especially at this time. Yeah. This was mm-hmm. the movie that would precede the action movie that you went to the theater to see. Right. right. To get you settled into the vibe. Right. You get into the rhythm of it with your popcorn, because mm-hmm. they didn't have pretzel bites in the 70s. Right, right. And you are you were just sitting there and then just and just enjoying the vibe, enjoying spending time with these these guys not all of the guys because because the the ensemble to be fair is so large that yes. a lot of them really don't get their due yeah um don't get their moments to shine so everybody just has like a moment or two like because you got the two dancers you know and and, and like sure. they're like you know whatever yeah um you didn't even mention her tracy reed well tracy reed as yeah. mona is cool but i wasn't even thinking about tracy reed i'm thinking of ren woods yeah. Shows up as Loretta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just and small role, very small role. But if you're a fan of 70s movies and even more 70s television, it's a face you know, a face you trust. Yeah. And a fa- and because of that, you immediately are there with her character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You already know this character. Right, right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know the, what I really remember her from. You remember, you know. Oh, you know. Yeah. She's yeah. the one that, that she thought JJ gave her VD. Yes. Yes. I got VD, JJ, and you the one that gave it to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely a fixture. That's a, so, so you know, you, you got her do, doing good work. Um, uh, it, so it, it really is about this vibe. You talk about George Carlin writing his own. He, he does have that stream of consciousness at the beginning of the, yeah. of the movie. And then for the rest of the movie, he pretty much is repeating the, the other line that he wrote. You know, yeah. have you seen the tall blonde? Yeah. <laughs> Black blonde. Um, but it really is just about the vibe. Yeah. There's, there's no real story there. And either you lynch on, you, you lock in with the vibe or you don't. And I'll be totally honest. I've seen this movie more than a few times. I probably have seen it maybe two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was prepared to come in here and be like, you know what? I don't, I don't really know how much. I really ride with with car wash. But watching it again, it took me back to a Saturday afternoon and that's what it was. And it's just a fun movie. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. You know, it's funny. You, you talked about the, the 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 kineticism isn't quite doesn't quite stick. Mm-hmm. And it would have made me think what I always kind of compare this to is Uptown Saturday Night. Yep. Which is the same type of thing. But I think there are these wonderful, there's a wonderful sharpness to Uptown Saturday Night because I think you have so many actual actors yes, in yes. Uptown Saturday Night. Yeah. And and so so you have that, like, it's, it's, it really is like, bam, you hit it. 
scene after scene after scene. But, but also I, Uptown Saturday Night, excuse me for breaking in, is because, yes, you have those actors, but they each have room to build their characters. Yeah. This, I mean, like this almost what 12 guys at the car wash yeah and yeah. that's not even counting the the, the the owner the 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 chick at the register yeah um the son yeah and the sundry characters that drive into <laughs> right. the car wash like you're talking about Ren woods she shows up at the beginning and then you don't see her for almost an hour right and you know so like you said everybody is sort of packed in mm -hmm. so but it's it's car wash it's fun it's it's i think it is a film it is one of the reasons that i i love michael schultz yeah like when i think about michael schultz's films yeah yeah you know i think this is one that definitely stands out it it does and we'll be revisiting michael schultz later this year much to the joy of the michelle mission oh, later this month actually um, much to the joy of uh, more than a few of the missionaries out there, um, as they will learn in the weeks to come. Um, the other thing, that, all that being said, mm -hmm. the other reason why this movie works as a vibe and works as a Saturday afternoon, and we were talking about this in the beginning of the show. Yes, we were. Soundtracks. Yeah. And this soundtrack... Produced by Norman Woodfield. Yes. Featuring. Featuring. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And this is the and this is the soundtrack and the album that put that group on the top of the mountain. Right, right. Norman Whitfield's brainchild. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, After he had left Motown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And this, like, the hits from this movie. Oh, yeah. Never mind the title song "Car Wash," mm -hmm. which is just as hum. It is it's like an earbud that will stay with you, and and you will enjoy it buzzing around in your head. But not only that, you've got "I Want to Get Next to You," mm. and I'm going down. Two of the eternal yeah. slow jams yeah. of all yeah time. Yeah, just great, great songs. Yes. Yeah, and used to good effect in the movie yes oh yeah oh yeah and helps create that vibe helps create that 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 um the 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 world well that's appropriate because they actually did the music first which was fan before the movie yes so in a lot of ways michael schultz was able to shape yeah some of the, the the scenes around the music right right because because they they wrote the movie and they invited norman whitfield down there to like the to check out the scenes and right. everything like that so he was able to get into the vibe and yeah and no and 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 they and they said because they wanted them because this was filmed at an actual car wash uh over the course i think of like two three days i was about to say not long yeah um, and they wanted the guys to be bopping and dancing to the actual music yeah. that was going to be on the soundtrack, yeah. which yeah. I think was actually another smart, um, smart move. Yeah. Although them. I have to say, they say in Car Wash, it's better than digging a ditch. I think it depends on the weather. <laughs> 
I don't know if working at the car wash is better than digging a ditch if the weather is bad. Mm, no. Car wash in December is terrible. Well, most car washes aren't. A lot of them aren't open in December. Some oh, of them are. Right. Some of them are open. No, I, I'll take car wash. I'll take car washing over digging a ditch any day. I, I need the weather. I When's need the know last time you dug a ditch? When's the last time I worked at a car wash? We just talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> which which do you want to do? Which which do you want today? Like yeah, I want to work the car wash. But come back to me in November. In November, you don't want to be digging. No, you know how digging a ditch. Cold ground, you got to break the cold ground. Oh, that is true. Then there's the cold ground. Maybe it is better than digging a ditch because in the car wash in November, the ones that are open, you can be inside be in, with the hot, the hot steam. The, this is steam. So Rolls Royce was right all along. Yes, I might never not, doubt Rolls Royce. I might not ever get rich, but it is better than digging a ditch. Amen. Amen. Uh, Aaron Fry points out that no, 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 that was Tanisha who gave JJ VD because I had a crush on her back in the day. I kind of thought that was Ren Woods. I'm pretty sure that's Ren Woods. You know, uh, hey, 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 this is the type of thing we stop everything. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we well, we're, we're ahead of the game now, so we can we can stop. Right, right. Are you looking up? Um, oh, you know, I'm right there. Vince is looking it up, so we're going, we're going to figure this figure this out. Are oh, we, that's interesting. He, he may. I don't see it. You could probably look up the the actual um, episode. I mean, she was on what's happening. Am I mixing her? Oh, up? she was on it. What's was she on? I mean, she right. Remember, she had the axe. We wanted to fight Dwayne. Oh. Uh, I mean, she was. Boy, I, I hope the I hope the FBI didn't look at my searches. JJ gets VD. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she wasn't on episode of Good Times. You're right. I'm looking here. She was Brenda on What's Happening. Yeah, because Brenda. Right, right, right. Because right, right. he was right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to see who the cast was in the episode. He is right. Who was it? It is Tanisha. He is 100% right, and we are 100% wrong. Wait a minute. Tanisha, I mean, is that the actress? Her act, Her name is Tata Nisha. Tata Nisha? Tata Nisha. Whoa, whoa, now I got to look this up. Yeah. I, I've never heard of an actress named Tata. I've been thinking it was the woman in um car wash. Let's see what she looks like. Yeah, that's her. It looks like her. They look a little bit alike, but that's definitely a different. Yeah, that's her. Let me. Let me I'm. I'm. Oh wow. Yeah. That's her name, Tata Tatanisha. Tatanisha. Wow. Tatanisha. Wow, Vince. She thought that JJ had given her VD because remember it came on and they had the parental guidance mm -hmm. little jointy joint mm -hmm. like this episode deals with mature subject matter parental guidance is suggested gee what is yep she's little Marianne but come to find out that her boyfriend the quarterback had given it to her 
Wow. And Jay Leno's on that episode because he too has VD. <laughs> now, to be fair, I'm looking at her, her full credits. She was also on What's Happening. She was all who? Rhett Woods or, or Tatanisha? Tatanisha. She was also on What's Happening. She was on What's Happening in season one. She played Patrice Williams. She was also played, guess who she played, Vincent? Who? She was Janet in Sanford and Son. In season five and two episodes. Before, uh, what's your name played her? Well, because um, well, the season, actress who's in Ganja and Hess season played five, Janet. Season five, this would have been like the last season. Right, but the sister who, from Ganja and Hess plays Janet. Wait, Janet, that was um, Lamont's fiance, right? Yeah, Janet Lawrence. Yeah, that was um, the sister from Ganja and Hess. Well, not in season five. Interesting. In season five, it was Tatanisha. Tatanisha. Who played her in episode four. As well as episode 14. You know who knew all of this? Aaron Fry, who started out with I Had a Crush on Her. She also, because now I'm just in, I'm in our bag. Look, man. She was I, a regular I'm on a show to... that I used to love as a kid. And it, I don't even remember it. Room 222. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a DVD collection of Room 222. Really? I don't think you've never seen Because I, I, I didn't it. know anything about it. Why do you have it? Because um, my girl is in it. Who? Uh, Karen Valentine? No, no, no. My, uh, <laughs> I mean, my girl. I mean, that's who's in room 222. My girl, we were just talking about Uptown Saturday Night. Um, oh, Denise Nicholas. Yeah, Denise Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I bet you've, ne you've never cracked it open. No, no, no. I've watched the DVD. Oh, yeah. I don't remember it being on or, or even in reruns or anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think it made it to long syndication. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we stand corrected. We do in real time. This is what I love. In real time. This is what I love. So no, no, no need for an email. <laughs> Corrections. Right. We mixed up Rin Woods and Tatanisha. Hey. Two great tastes that taste great together. Vincent, would you recommend that people watch Car Wash? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. You have to watch Car Wash. I think I'd, I'd land on recommending yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, car, it's an hour and a half. It's Car Wash. It's like an hour and a half in 15 minutes are music montages. True. I will say this does have me curious mm -hmm. to watch The Wash. It does not make me curious to watch the wash at all. Well, I'm curious of what they because I'm just curious to see what they did with it. Okay. You know? I'm curious. Okay. I mean, I won't do it before I have to. Well, look. But <laughs> <laughs> I will never pick the wash. <laughs> I ain't rushing. Yeah. To it, but uh I I I I am curious to to check it out. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's where we stand on car wash, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you all to check out our website, the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made, MichelleMission.com. 
where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs that we have coming your way by way of our good friends at Public, including our Six Degrees of Dervell Martin collection. And I really do think I may have to get on that killer of childhood dreams <laughs> nice <laughs> collection as well um feel free to email us at michellemission at gmail.com hit us a voicemail leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666 and tell vincent and len what is on your mind i actually have somebody who's threatening to leave us a voicemail um <laughs> about a recent comic book recommendation that you made um uh, follow the me show mission on instagram facebook and twitter as well at me show mission subscribe to the me show mission on youtube and twitch at me show mission and you can subscribe where you find podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review especially if it's on spotify or apple Podcasts, because that helps people find our show and the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. The Michelle Mission is produced by Vincent and Len. It is edited by me here in the Bat Base. Our co-producer is Maurice Poplar or Mo Pop, as you can check him out. Um, and our social media is by Toya Haynes. And our music. Our intro music is by one Alexa Gold. Next week on the Michelle Mission. All right. We are still in the year of 1975. It is my turn to select a film. Yes, it is. And this is a film that has been daring me to reach out and select it for quite some time. Uh uh. Because I always wanted to do like a black exploitation film, but I wanted to do an action black exploitation film, but not one of the more popular black exploitation films and this one has been crying out to me because it screams of action from everything i know about the movie Mm -hmm. but the title okay is something different okay and that is the candy tangerine man the candy tangerine i've actually never seen this me neither okay but we will watch it and we will present it to you okay. next week here on the Michelle Mission. Now, quick programming note for all of you. A programming note. Um, the Michelle Mission is actually going to be going on vacation next week. Yes. Uh, as we, you know, take a week off to just recharge our batteries. But Vincent and I are going to record the Candy Tangerine uh, episode we've actually already done it and we're going to be broadcasting it to you next week on our regular time on our regular day next tuesday august 9th at 7 p.m so you still will have a brand new show to check us out all right so we just want to let you know and you can scream at us <laughs> all you want right. it just won't be live it won't be live there you go but you know, who knows? Someone may be monitoring the comments. Yes. So act accordingly. <laughs> Behave. I'm talking to you, Miss Battle. <laughs> All right. Until next week, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. Bye.